Welcome to the Let the Stray Show, your one-stop destination for intriguing conversations with extraordinary individuals who are boldly navigating life outside the conventional norms. Our host, Scott Fullerton, is thrilled to embark on this journey of discovery with all of you. The Left a Straight Show, we believe that every person's story is unique, and it's our mission to showcase the diversity of human experiences. We bring you the untold stories of fascinating people who identify as LGBT plus and allies, pushing boundaries, breaking stereotypes, and making a positive impact in our communities. On this show, we bring you a diverse lineup of inspiring guests, from activists to artists, and entrepreneurs to entertainers, and everything in between. We dive deep into their personal journeys, discovering the pivotal moment that has shaped their lives and careers. You can expect thought-provoking discussions on a wide range of topics, from LGBTQ rights, social justice to arts, culture, mental health, and more. Our guests are change makers who share their insights, challenges, and triumphs, igniting conversation that promotes empathy, understanding, and love. So whether you're part of the LGBTQ community or an ally looking to expand your knowledge and show your support, the Left to Straight show is for you. Together, we can build bridges of understanding and acceptance, celebrating the beauty of what makes us all unique. So sit back, grab a drink, and get ready for the show. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, every personal pronoun in between. Welcome back to the Left of Straight show, where we talk to celebrities and personalities in entertainment, foodies, books, music, and advocacy. I'm your host, as always, Scott Fullerton, and I have another great interview to bring to you today. I noticed my next guest showing up all over my social media feeds, promoting his new single, All in My Head, and sharing his heartfelt and heartbreaking lyrics. I'm sitting down with the fabulous new up-and-coming gay singer-songwriter, Andrew Mitch. This remarkable artist is making waves in the music world, melding heartfelt lyrics and memorable melodies that are resonating with all sorts of listeners. He's one of those rare artists, an out-and-proud Christian country singer, following some of the fantastic artists I've had on the show before, like Brandon Stansel and Cameron Hawthorne, and more who are just making their mark in the music scene with authenticity and pure heart. Now let's delve into the life and career of Andrew Mitch as he makes his first appearance on the Left and Straight show. Andrew, welcome to the show. How you doing, boss? I'm doing good, Scott. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on. Like I said in the intro, I have just seen this new song all over social media. It's doing so well for you. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. You're uh, zooming in here from beautiful downtown Nashville, Tennessee. So mm-hmm. we appreciate you coming on. I always ask two questions of all first timers on the Left of Straight show. First is, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about where you grew up. I know you were in Ohio at one point, which is where I filmed this from. Um, where did you grow up and what kind of a kid were you growing up? Yeah, uh, I grew up in Ohio, as you said. Um, I spent, I mean, my whole life there. I just moved to Nashville about a year ago. I'm the second oldest of nine kids, so I grew up in a big Catholic family out on the farm. Yeah, that's that's kind of like what was my upbringing was, and so why my love for country music. That's awesome. Whereabouts in Ohio? Uh, so eastern Ohio. It's a small town. Um, 
uh, called Steubenville. Most people haven't heard of it. It's actually really close to Pennsylvania. So, so. That's crazy. I'm in Youngstown area, so I go through Steubenville, okay. West Virginia a lot. And, of course, the home of Dean yeah. Martin. One of my good friends was a singer for Dean Martin back in the day 100 years ago. But uh, I yeah. know Steubenville well. They have an excellent uh, Italian restaurant there. I forget the name of it. Darn it. But, uh, yeah, we have a couple of those. Oh my gosh, it's crazy that um, you know what Steubenville is. Most people don't have any idea what that is. <laughs> right there on the river. Well, I'm a gambler guy, so I have to go through there to get to the West Virginia to get a wheeling. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but if I go the back way <laughs> over to a mountaineer, that's why. So gotcha, yeah. I know it well there. Well, I'm so excited. And the second question I ask everybody is you are definitely out and proud uh, gay country singer, so I like to always talk. Mm-hmm. When did you first kind of come out to yourself? And when do you think you kind of found your LGBTQ tribe? Yeah, um, I, well, I'm 26. I want to say that I started coming out to myself when I was probably about 22, maybe 23. Um, So it really wasn't that long ago that I really just kind of started to admit to myself, like, hey, you're gay. Like, just embrace (laughs) it. Right. Um, Yeah, I didn't come out to my family until I was 24. Um, so it's all still a little bit fresh and new. So I haven't, I feel like in a way I haven't really found um, my LGBT tribe in some ways, cause it's all still like pretty fresh, pretty new, but, um, definitely in terms of music, I just was like, this is what I need to write about now. So I think that's helping me sort of find my tribe slowly, but surely, um, just seeing how many people are connecting with it. Um, so it's just all kind of a work in progress, you know? <laughs> There you go. And I talked about, I mean, it's such an overused buzzword, but authenticity is the key to anything. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, with the lyric to the song, which we'll talk about in a bit, and I just think you have this natural authenticity about you that kind of draws people to it. So I think that's part of the success. And I think that's what's going to make you go really far in music business. So congratulations. That What drew you to music in the first place? Were you always kind of musically inclined or talk about that journey? Yeah, I've always been very musically inclined. Um, my earliest memories are my dad played me uh, like worship songs on his guitar when I was like six years old or something like that. Um, I'd just be sitting on the steps of our old house and he would just play songs and I would sit there and just listen for hours. Um, I just loved it. Um, I was obsessed with being able to perform in any little like talent show or whatever in school. Um, and then just, I think when I was maybe 11 or 12, I was like, I'm just going to teach myself how to write songs because I don't know why I want to do this, but I want to make music. And it's just, the rest is history. I've been doing it ever since. That's amazing. And do you have a certain style? Does it the, usually the words come to you first? Does a melody come to you first? It kind of depend on the song or what's your writing style like? Yeah, totally depends on the song. Sometimes I have, like, words that I've written down. Sometimes, like, for all of my head, I just kind of, like, play the piano and just sort of sing stream of consciousness over it. Sometimes I produce a full back track. It honestly is, it's so up in the air. There's really no way, <laughs> like, one way that I write a song. And do you have any... Um certain artists that have inspired you or that you kind of really look up to what kind of what kind of genres were you drawn to at first was it always country and who are some of your idols out there yeah um so i actually 
am kind of the weird one in my family in a way because none of my family likes country music. So I did not grow up listening to country at all. Um, I actually started developing a love for country in like late high school when my grandpa would play it on his radio. So we worked at a book warehouse for one of my summer jobs and he would just play country music. And that's when I was like, oh, I kind of like Lady A and Luke Bryan and stuff like this is fun. Um, so that's kind of where I started to develop a love for country music. So um, I guess uh, some of my idols then would be like Luke Bryan, who's the very first uh, country CD I ever bought. Lady A is another one. And then some of these uh, newer female country singers like Ashley Clark and Ingrid Andres, Alana Springsteen. All of these, they're just, they're so inspiring to me. And I just, I have them all like on my vision board, like all their pictures. I'm like, I want to open for all of these people someday. Nice. Um, yeah. I love that. That's awesome. And kind of, Talk about this Nashville journey. I actually have a question. I asked a couple of my listeners if they had any questions. I had one listener question. Let me pull it up here. Um, two, two, two. Mark in Colorado asked, why is Nashville where most country people move to? Um, you can kind of write music anywhere. Do you find it easier or harder or different being an out LGBTQ artist there? Yeah, um, I'm actually rather surprised with the number of lgbt country artists that are in nashville there's um like chris hausman and adam mack brooke eden all these people are here now um and i will say that my goal for most of my life was never to move to nashville um i mean that's not never moved to nashville but i wanted to be able to do music independently on my just do it on i'm just tired of how to do it and i honestly just felt god pulling me to nashville i just prayed about it a lot and felt the pull and now that i'm here it's it's honestly just insane the amount of connections you can make by just having a conversation like i i'm a server at a restaurant right now that's kind of just like what pays my bills right. um and it's insane the amount of people that just sit at your table like because everybody moves here and so then everyone makes all these connections and so it's almost like it's invaluable living in Nashville just because you never know who you're going to meet. That is so awesome. And how often do you, are you able to gig out there? Do you try to gig once or twice a week or uh, just whenever, however, how often can you get out there on stage? Or do you have to build yeah, up so, more right now? Say that last part one more time. Do you have to build up more of a repertoire, do you think? Are you doing more covers right now? Or when you get on stage, what do you like to perform? So I am still in the process of trying to get the whole live performance thing started. I've been in full on like recording mode, marketing mode for so long. And now I'm like trying to get my foot in the door with uh, doing live gigs, trying to do some shows. But I mean, I've been just full on locked my bedroom, my little studio, um, just recording and trying to get like products ready to go. Because I have a very entrepreneur mindset and I'm like, I need a product before I go out and market it, you know? So. Very smart. I love a great business sense. You need that in the music business. I mean, actually in any business, you need a smart business mindset, but it really is important to take those steps to kind of build along the way and, and make sure you're setting yourself up for success. So that's fantastic. I love that you're doing that. And you mentioned it a second ago, and you're very out and proud of your Christian faith, too. And I kind of read about when you wrote this song, you kind of felt a little God-inspired in the song and a little kismet in the way this came about releasing it now because it wasn't released before talk about how your faith kind of 
um, lives in your life right now and how you kind of reconcile that with LGBTQ. Some people have can do it very easily. Some people a little mm-hmm. rougher. Talk about your faith a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was raised Catholic and I've always had a deep relationship with God. And honestly, when I was coming out to myself, I prayed about it so much and then started just doing research about being like, how do you walk the line of, you know, being gay, but also being Christian? Because most conservatives will say, hey, like you can be gay. You just, you can't do anything with it. You know, like it's very like. Yeah, it's very, like, taboo, very, like, we don't talk about that. Um, So that's just, it's kind of an ongoing process. It's a very interesting, like, fine line to walk. Um, There's plenty of books that I've read about it. Um, I go to a, um, like, an LGBT-affirming church now in the Nashville area. So that's been really helpful just to connect with a lot of like-minded people. But I think for me, honestly, just praying, keeping a relationship with the Lord and just reminding yourself, you know, it doesn't matter what people say, because at the end of the day, God loves you more than any way you could possibly imagine. So I think just keeping that in mind and knowing you were made perfectly just the way you are, that's sort of my biggest thing for keeping my Christian faith, but also being. Right. Well said. No, I think that's important. I think people need um, a lot of people need that kind of anchor. Spirituality is a great anchor. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. needs to be able to anchor to someone, whether it's a family member, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, whether it's um, a faith. You need some kind of an anchor. And I think a Christian faith is a great anchor to kind of keep you motivated. I love the way you talk about that. Thank you for sharing that. Let's- talking about Christianity and being LGBT because I feel like we just don't talk about it. It's like, you can't be both. And I'm like, says who? There you go. Very true. Good on you for that. Well, let's start getting into the song. I want everyone to hear this fantastic song. So we're going to play just the um, lyrical version of it. It does it. You're, I think, understanding we're going to make a full music video for it. We'll talk about that on the other side. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to play this song. Go ahead and introduce yourself and the title of the song, and we'll play it. Yeah, well, uh, my name is Andrew Mitch. I'm a new country singer in Nashville, and this is my new song, All In My Head. There you go. You're listening to Left to Straight Show right here on Left to Straight Radio Network. We're going to talk all about Andrew's song right on the other side. Enjoy. A couple months of memories doesn't feel very long. I still blush when I talk about you all night long How you make me laugh and never let me walk out of church alone And how you're someone I'd love to bring home And show you all the feelings that I always talked about And take you up my favorite tree and drive you around my town smile about having kids, maybe three or four, and you can hold my hand when we get to the door. My mama's gonna love you, and my twin will tell you, don't you break his heart, cause she's never seen me more happy. And my sister's gonna hug you, and my 
you and want to meet your family. Oh, but I know that it's all in my head. They'll just wish you were a girl instead. more champagne and ask us how it's going and if we've talked about a wedding my friends are gonna love you and my guys are gonna buy your drinks and laugh about the things i didn't college and my nana's gonna hug you and my pappy's gonna shake your hand but probably start to talk about politics Welcome back. That was all in my head from my special guest today. Mr. Andrew Mitch is here. I mean, the song is just so, the lyrics are so poignant. I want to talk about all of this, Andrew. Um, first, I mean, let's talk about the success of it. I remember you writing that you thought maybe a thousand people or so would listen to it. We're approaching 10,000 listeners. At least it's only been a couple of weeks from the time we're recording this. Congratulations. How does that feel? Thank you. Uh, it's honestly, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> just posting a TikTok or two, and then it just skyrockets. And I was like, "Wait, I'm sorry. What? People actually like want to hear this." I'm so used to, you know, dreaming about it and just playing it in my bedroom, and now it's I mean, people are actually connecting with it. It's it's extremely humbling, actually. Well, it's just fantastic, and the lyrics are so poignant, which we'll talk about. Um, I'm just looking at it on YouTube. I mean, you have dozens of comments, and it's really resonating with people, which is really mm -hmm. awesome. Um, I remember reading that it almost kind of didn't get released. You've had this in the your back pocket for a while. Talk about the decision to, to, to let it go out there. Yeah, um, I... I almost didn't release it um, just because it was one of those songs that were just so personal to me. Um, I mean, as you can see, sort of in the lyrics, I just kind of let my heart out a little bit and told a story. And um, I ended up just recording it in my bedroom and was like, I'm just going to kind of keep this for myself. It's one of my special little songs. And um, 
my best friend heard it. My, my boyfriend heard it. And they were both like, the world needs to hear this. Like you need to put this song out because people are going to connect with it and heal. And I was like, I, I mean, okay, why not? And then put it out and this is what it's doing already. And it's only been two weeks. So it's crazy. You deserve all the accolades, my friend. It brings me to another question I got from one of my listeners. Um, this is from Tessa in West Virginia. She says she very much felt the same way about her family when she came out, that um, that she knows from their personalities how they would react, but she just didn't, didn't know if it would actually happen. She says, is there anyone in your family now that you talk to that really supports this now that this is out there? Yeah, um, so I have um, a couple aunts that I talked to. Um, they, when I came out, they were texting me and they were like, you know what, like, you're beautiful just the way that you are. Like, you deserve the world. Like, we don't care what gender your partner is. We love you just as you are. So I definitely have a couple aunts on my dad's side. Most of my mom's side of the family. I definitely have plenty of family members that I can talk to, and they're very, uh, very supportive. My cousin, uh, he was with me when I first came out to myself. Yeah, I have plenty of uh, support from some of my extended It's definitely been a blessing to some of them. I bet, sure. And let's kind of get into the lyrics. Like you said, very personal. It's like the whole song talks about wanting that acceptance, thinking in your head that you have that acceptance from your family, but mm -hmm. then is it really true or not? How did how did you kind of describe, I mean, that's kind of got to be a situational thing where you kind of, you know your parents, you know your sis siblings. I mean, nine of them, mm -hmm. that's quite a bit. You kind of know how what their personalities are how do you get that to kind of just with the rea reality of it? Um, I mean, I think it's just growing up and not really admitting to myself um, that I was gay, thinking, you know, you're going to have a wife someday and you're going to have kids and, you know, your parents are going to be these awesome grandparents. You're going to be able to go to all these Christmas parties, just like, you know, live this sort of normal family experience. And then after you come out to yourself, you sort of imagine all those same things snap to the reality of it isn't going to happen anymore. Like, you're not going to be able to go these Christmas parties, and if you are, you're just going to be treated like you're different, or seen different, even if you aren't treated differently. Right. Um, it's a really, it's kind of a tough thing to wrestle with, knowing that you're not really going to get the same treatment, in a way, just because your partner is male, not female. Right. So, can you talk about you have a boyfriend now? That's awesome and everything. But fame is always a weird thing. You get all this stuff blowing up. How do you guys, what have you guys talked about and kind of talk about you're, you're a good looking guy. I'm sure your boyfriend's a good looking guy. You're going to have all these fans now. Um, how, how do you guys, how are you guys approaching this together? Since he's the one that kind of encouraged you to do this. It's got to be great to have that encouragement now and, and uh, your boyfriend. Talk about how that dichotomy is helping you through this experience. Yeah. Uh, my boyfriend is uh, one of my biggest cheerleaders. I love him. He, I mean, he's been supportive since the day that I moved to Nashville. He, um, 
he's heard all my songs and he's always like, I love them. You need to put them out. He's just, he's one of my biggest cheerleaders. So he knows that like there's going to be like, the fame or whatever. There's going to be the crazy fans or however I guess you want to put it. But um, he's along for the ride. He wants to see me be happy. He knows that even if I didn't have his support, I'd still be doing it. <laughs> um, so he's, he's amazing. We're definitely able to sort of approach this as a couple and be like, this is my dream and he's very supportive of it. So. That's awesome. You have to have that support system and good on you both for that. I think that's great. You need to have, that, like I said, we were talking about anchors earlier. I think it's great to have that anchor and who better than one of the loves of your life to really kind of keep you grounded and keep you motivated and keep you inspired to keep, keep on keeping on. Right. Yeah. He's definitely been a great anchor for uh, my Christian faith as well. He, so he always goes to church with me, which is cool that I wrote that song saying like he never lets me walk yeah. out of church alone and now it's like oh I actually have somebody that lets me walk out of church alone so I love that that is awesome now has has he inspired every song or is he hoping that he gets in, a so in one of your songs one of these days <laughs> <laughs> he's hoping to get a song one day I actually wrote all the songs for the upcoming album before I met him. So he's hoping for a song still. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He deserves it. Stand by your man. He deserves a song. I like that. And talk about you, you're approaching this as a business, which you need to. The music business mm. has changed so much. I mean, you're a young guy. You haven't seen all the changes in it. But I mean, talk about from used to be always you had to have an album out to do things. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you had to have a video for it. And now everything singles and you get like two cents for every thousand plays on Spotify. So it's a whole different business model to, to get recognized out there. How do you see the music business as a business right now for you? Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree that it's gone from albums now to like singles. Um, so from a business standpoint, um, I mean, I'm kind of just getting my feet wet and all of it and just sort of learning it all. But, um, Definitely utilizing social media, especially TikTok, Instagram Reels, things like that. Just getting my name out there. And then things like email lists and online merchandise, things like that. Sort of like build your own fan base and sort of do everything you can do without a label. Minus, you know, all the big, what is it, like the award shows, these big right. brand tours, things like that. You just sort of do what you can as an artist make what you can and keep progressing and definitely treat it as a, Hey, you have a target market. This is your, this is your product. This is how you get it out. There. This is how you advertise. So it's really interesting. My parents still tell me I should have gone to college for business. <laughs> it helps. It definitely helps, but you can learn. I mean, I think there's so much that you can learn, especially you do great on your TikTok. We're going to give your social medias out in a bit. You do great on that. And I think that's kind of, the new promotional now. You don't have record labels anymore. You promote yourself mm -hmm. on the social media. So I think you're killing it that way. Um, and I and like you said, it's it's a whole different business model. And as you, you learn, as you grow. So I, I yeah, think yeah. I, I did read that you were planning a music video for this single. Talk about that. I mean, that's a whole mantra in itself, whether you bootstrap it, whether, you, I mean, these things can cost billions of dollars. But some of my favorite music videos are kind of bootstrapped and just you and your buddies putting some stuff together and kind of going along. How do you envision this music video? 
It's definitely a bootstrap music video for sure. Um, just kind of work with what you got. Um, but I just finished filming all the footage for it this week. Um, so I'm going to be spending some of the weekend and some of next week just sort of like getting it all together. Um, this is sort of the, the beauty and the hard part of being an independent artist is you're doing it all yourself. <laughs> um, sequencing all the videos together, doing all your editing. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really excited for it. Um, the goal is to have it out. Um, I have my calendar up here. See, so like October 20th is the day that I would mm. like it to be out. We'll see. Um, we'll see how the editing goes. Um, I'd love to get it pitched to like CMT and just kind of keep getting it out there. I'm really excited. I wanted to make a music video since I was maybe 10 years old, just listening mm -hmm. to songs and envisioning right. like what the videos would look like. And so now, 16 years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm making my first music video. That is awesome. Congratulations. We'll try, we're recording this um, right at the end of September. We'll try to kind of coordinate mm -hmm. this. Well, you and I will keep talking off air, try to coordinate it with the release of the music video too. That'll be kind of fun. Um, yeah, so should. that is awesome. I just love that. And I think that's the best process, but doing this show for eight years on my own, I hear you. You're kind of doing everything, that editing process. It's a long kind of teetering mm -hmm. thing, but you also feel a lot more accomplished at the end too. And I think you feel that control always helps. Um, I just see your career going up and up and pretty soon you start to lose that control sometimes. So I hope you kind of keep that sense of what you're able to do early on. Mm -hmm. It really kind of helps you down the line. I definitely <laughs> think that uh, my goal for so long has been to be in so that I don't lose that sense of control. Like, I mean, I don't, I moved to Nashville under the impression that like, maybe I would want, you know, a record label someday, but I want to build the foundation myself so that I can sort of be like, this is my child, this is my audience, this is what I do. Now you have to cater to me. And so that sort of get to keep that control, if that makes sense, instead of losing it along the way. Totally, very smart, I think. Right, let's go to my last list. So we had quite a few listener questions, but I only picked out three. Let's go to my last one here. This is from Robert in California. He says, thanks for such a beautiful song. And he wants to know, do you really have a twin? And with nine kids, I think there's a good possibility of it. I don't know. You tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my older, I'm the second oldest. Um, my older sister, um, she's my Irish twin. So we were born 11 <laughs> months apart. Um, twin was just one syllable, sister was two, so <laughs> I don't actually have an identical twin. It's my Irish twin. <laughs> there you go. I'm probably guessing Robert was probably gay anyway, so I don't think he, <laughs> I think he was just curious and see what happened. And, and I think since it's, since it's Irish twin's a girl, I think we've lost Robert's interest totally. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> That's a great answer, though. I love that. All right. Well, let's talk about upcoming as you get ready to start doing these live gigs, um, what do you think, uh, I mean, there's so many great venues in Nashville to choose from. Where do you go and listen to music right now while you're in town? Um, it's honestly just kind of wherever it pops up. Uh, I work on Broadway, and so if you've ever been in Nashville, you know all the live music is on Broadway. Um, so there's some really nice uh, like acoustic sets in some of the like higher end restaurants. You can just kind of like sit downstairs at the bar, like the 1230 club, Justin Timberlake's restaurant and just kind of sit and listen. That's 
definitely where I would like to start playing here at some point, just to sort of like sit, have my guitar, it'd be a little bit more intimate and you just kind of sing for some people. I really enjoy that. Uh, there's some great places in East Nashville. I really enjoy, um, Bluebird Cafe. Um, yes, yeah. yes, that that's my goal. Bluebird Cafe, uh, listening room, things like that. I definitely want to play uh, places like that. Definitely iconic. I like that. And there, Nashville is not just a great, I mean, it's a great music scene, but it's also great mm -hmm. for artists. I remember uh, one of our friends from the show, Zach Day, he was on The Voice and amazing artist, lived in Nashville for quite a while. He's moved to L.A. now. But uh, there's a space in Nashville that actually gave him a loft for like six months and because he did so well on social media and kind of helped him do his social media and his music and promotion. So I should hook mm -hmm. you, guys, you up with Zach and he can kind of give you some good intro there because uh, they're, yeah. they're very supportive of artists there. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we have artists moving here all the time. So it's definitely become instead of you move to Nashville to do music and it's like, okay, like, there you go. You're good to go. Now it's, you have to like sort of sift through all the people that do music. Right. Cause yeah, there's just so many of us. <laughs> well, talk about um, your goals now. Where are we at? Where are you looking at yourself um, six months from now after the videos out, where are you looking for them a couple mm -hmm. years from now? What, what are your goals uh, for yourself personally and for the music? Yeah, uh, so um, I'm releasing my first album in two parts. So six months from now, part one is going to be out. So side A, I think is what I'm going to call it. Um, so six months from now, I definitely see that being out. That's going to be seven or eight songs. Uh, hopefully working less and less at my day job. <laughs> um, a couple years from now, you know, we'll be living full time. Music, playing the Grand Ole Opry, the Rhyme, and being on CMT, and just being an out and proud country artist and making these small town boys come true. Small town boys' dreams come true. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you have the talent, my friend, to back it up. So I, I see great things happening for you. All right, Andrew, and we're kind of recording this in spooky season here in October. We talked about you and I being from Northeast Ohio area where there's all sorts of haunted corn mazes and things like that. Talk about what kind of, what do you do for Halloween? Is it a fun season for you? And talk about what you remember in the spooky season. Um, You know what? I don't really do too much for Halloween. Um, maybe like a haunted house or just kind of watching some scary movies. But um definitely just like dressing up in like ridiculous costumes that is like the funnest part of halloween by far for me there you go and do you and your boyfriend do couple costumes or you just go silly on your own <laughs> so we've been together for a year we did one halloween uh together so far so um we did a couple's costume last year uh we'll see about this year we'll see how crazy we can make it <laughs> there you go Fantastic. All right. All right. Last couple of questions. We have to wrap it up here, Andrew. Talk about what are maybe some of the challenges you found so far and how, how you're able to overcome them or what you're looking to do to overcome them. What's the challenges you found? Um, well, I, as we sort of 
touched on briefly with the music video, I've always been somebody that bootstraps um, pretty much my whole life. Nobody really gets in my way if I want something. So <laughs> I think challenges just being like, you have to fund all of it yourself. You got to find the time to edit everything yourself. Um, so that's um, always a challenge for an independent artist. Um, I think it's a little bit scary in a way, a little bit nerve wracking to be an out and proud country singer um, and what's considered a pretty conservative, pretty safe genre most of the time. So definitely a lot of emotions, a lot of things going through my head, putting out openly gay country music being like, you know, what is, what are my friends going to think? What is the industry going to think? You know, so that's, that's definitely been a huge hurdle to sort of like get across, but the positive response from people has already um, really been comforting, extremely humbling. And I just, I make sure to respond to everybody's messages. Cause I'm just like, thank you so much. Like, this is crazy. Like, it's definitely become a little bit of a country music safe space, which I love. Um, but breaking out into sort of mainstream is definitely going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a challenge for sure. You have, you have the business sense for it. You have the talent for it, my friend. So good on you for there. And what maybe advice do you have for musicians, things that you would recommend, things that have gone well for you that you recommend to other independent musicians out there looking to kind of make a name for themselves? Yeah. Um, definitely learning whatever you can, trying different things and working hard. Like, I mean, it takes a lot to put out music independently. And my goal is always to make sure that I make it sound as like professional as possible. Like, try to get recommendable quality for my bedroom. So, again, just bootstrapping everything you can and just working as hard as you can nobody else is going to do it for you right well said uh, last question I mentioned Zach Day a while ago I've been privileged mm -hmm. to have some great singer songwriters that have been on these competition shows Zach was on The Voice I had Jim Verraros last week from American Idol one of the first out American Idols I have Ada Vox on this month who's a first drag queen on American Idol. Have you ever thought of going that route? I mean, you have the talent, you have the looks, you have the kind of Hollywood things. Have, what What's your thoughts of music competitions? Um, I'm certainly open to it. I've been asked a couple times if I would audition for The Voice. Um, and I mean, I've thought about it. It's I've just never, never gone for it. But I think probably someday I'm just going to be like, why not? Let's do it. So I'm definitely not opposed. Yeah, EJ Michaels was on not too long ago. He's, his new stuff is out now. And it just, uh, there's so much talent that are on there that that I, I appreciate. It's kind of like talking to everybody, you kind of feel owned for a little bit because you're on the, mm -hmm. in the studio system. And that's tough for a lot of independent artists, of course, who kind of really are trying to master their career. And you do have that yeah. kind of ownership of the television station or the network or whatever it happens to be. But it's also mm -hmm. such a great platform for everybody. So it's definitely a dichotomy in there somewhere. Yeah, well, it's Nick, that fine line of exposure and trying to be yourself at the same time. Exactly. 
Well, Andrew and Mitch, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Like I said, the song, absolutely amazing. I appreciate you so much. Um, can't wait to, I'm going to say I know you win because I know you're going to be blowing up even more than you yes. are right now, my friend. So I'm excited you made uh, one of your first appearances here on the Left of Straight show. Uh, let everyone know where they can find your music, which I'm sure is about everywhere, but if you have a set website for it and where they can find you on social media. Yeah, I mean, at Andrew Mitch Music, that's uh, all my social tags. Uh, songs on Spotify, Music, Amazon, Pandora. It's, it's everywhere. So there's even distributors or platforms. So wherever you listen to music, it's probably there. There you go. I hear that. I, my, I, I just submit this to podcast distributors, and all of a sudden I get listeners from mm -hmm. a place I've never heard of before and some distributor I've never heard of before. So. They, exactly. they find a way of getting out there, but it's a nice thing. You get to meet new people, so it's a beautiful Well, mm -hmm. Andrew, Mitch, um, congratulations on all the success. Um, congratulations on the new song, the new upcoming album. We're going to look for in about six months. Guys, uh, listen for five questions. We're going to have a little fun with Andrew in a couple seconds. We're going to do some five questions with. That will be available next Tuesday. And we appreciate you tuning in to the Left and Straight Show. Have a great day, everyone. Andrew, thanks for being on the show. Talk to you later, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for having me. Loved it. Thanks, my friend. All right. We'll talk to you later, everyone. Stay in the line for me, Andrew. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Left of Straight Show. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast distributor, and please give us a five-star rating so more listeners can find us. You can follow us on social media and be sure to check out our website, www.leftofstraightradio.com for contests and other news and information. See you next week.